life. On the dot. So what you love when it just kind of like everything lines up like that? Oh yeah. On the dot, as they say. What time? Twelve on the dot. What time are you gonna be there? I'll be there on the dot. It's actually twelve oh one though. Are you watching Ferrari videos? Ferrari of Central New Jersey videos again? You must be. <laughs> you must. How do you be. know? Because I, I don't. I just opened uh, YouTube and it's my top suggestion. Oh. And I know when you watch something, it's gonna get suggested to me. It might be um, F one Ferrari. What's coming that? back? What's that? Coming back this month. So what? You, so. Oh, you're not taking any blame for it? And no, I don't think so. Um, but you're the one that showed me that channel in the first place. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm talking about Ferrari of Central New Jersey. I know, I know. Ferrari, the the connection with F1 and uh, Drive to Survive is back. I'm yeah. No, I'm talking about Ferrari of Central New Jersey. Yeah, with Ferraris, right? Selling yeah, but forget Ferraris. about the Ferraris. Okay. You show me this because it's like you're in the dealership, and it's got the young lady showing you around. Mm -hmm. And it's like all very well put together. The whole thing—they got the leathers hanging on the wall. Yeah, like they nailed the presentation, if uh -huh, you recall. Uh -huh. And it's like uh, a POV, if you were like a really rich person buying one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they knew. Yeah, they'll listen. They've uh, they they had some viral videos. I can't remember what because these are just twenty thirty k now. Mm -hmm. But I feel like in the old days, they even, it was like 300K or something along those sure. lines. But they are trying to sell you on some kind of lifestyle where you get treated in this way, uh -huh. where you go to, where you live in New Jersey and things are going really, damn, they've been doing this for years. <laughs> now that I'm looking at it. Oh, there you go. Ferrari Portofino, 1.4 million, four years ago was when it first popped off. It was in everybody's suggested algorithm. But they kept going. They got paid. They got paid this uh, sales associate well. That's my point on the matter. Yeah. Because it's the whole channel at this point. She's uh, she's C legit. Central New Jersey. They got to pay this person, this salesperson, well here. Well, she was on Supercar Blondie for a little bit, eh? What? Yeah. What? In Dubai. Talking about a crossover? Yeah. It you, was. Uh, it was weird. You talking about uh? Are you talking about a, a collab? Maybe. I don't know. Or you think it was like... I think she went to Supercar. And said, hey, why don't I just work over here? For a little bit, yeah. And then they didn't And then they didn't agree upon it. He's like, well, back to New Jersey. <laughs> there we go. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe don't, she was traveling in Dubai. I don't know. And then New Jersey picks up the phone and they're like, hey, you best get back over here. Yeah. We need 40,000, 50,000 views. Yeah. Trying to sell some Ferraris over here. I wonder if there's somebody who went to this dealership just because of this YouTube channel and they just wanted the central New Jersey experience. Maybe. I don't know. It is possible. What was I reading about today, man? I was reading about a lot of things. I told you about some of them. Uh, Yeah. Some of these things uh, that I was reading about. Yeah. And I, I put them in. Oh, you put them in the, in the show today? Few, yeah. Oh, that's lovely stuff, man. I'm glad that you're back into reading. Why? Why is that? Uh, finding news stories is tough. <laughs> like for for us all to enjoy. <laughs> for us all, to, for us all to yeah. enjoy. Like, for the world uh, to enjoy. Yeah, it's kind of like a nice little 
challenge. We had a copyright on our song yesterday. On a song know, yesterday, yeah. did you scratch that one from the inventory, or might yeah, it, ha- it might happen again? Yeah, or? yeah, I did. What'd you do? You put it right in the trash can? Right in there. Damn, dude, it's heavy. Windows recycling bin. Uh, yes. So. Thank you very much to everybody who joined here today. Thank you very much for all the support, as per usual. Everybody who's part of the squad that uh, clicked the bell and comes to the live broadcast. And everybody who catches up after the fact. True appreciation for all parties. Uh, Today, this one caught me off guard. Like, I'm just doing my usual reading. And I was like, how did I not really notice this? Mm -hmm. Because apparently this is closer than you think to actually happening. I don't think it's going to actually happen. Just because of who Apple is and what Apple is. Mm -hmm. But of course, I'm talking about this headline. Apple Watch is a step closer to being banned in the United States after President Biden upholds a ruling. I was like, did you say banned? Obviously, banned is going to get your attention. But I didn't even know it was so serious as far as their disagreement, accusations, legal proceedings around the Apple Watch specifically. Apple Watch has been a target of a infringement from a company specializing in ECGs and mm-hmm. ECG-related readings and hardware and sensors and so forth. This company is called... Uh, what is the name of this company? Alive Core. Alive Core. I want to be alive, Will. That's a good name. I want to be Alive Core. It's like more than being actual alive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It'll be a live core. It's like norm core. I think someone, I think nor, norm core. Have you heard about that style before? Norm core? It's a style? Yeah, norm core. It's a, a fashion trend. It's like Larry David. It's like normal. I, I think it's probably the closest thing to Steve my Steve Jobs? I think it's the closest thing to my style. Happy birthday, choice. Steve Jobs, actually. Uh, well, I don't know that he could have been classified as normcore because he was. Ju- this was before it even had a name, when he was just dressing with like jeans and New Balance and like. A, so what's happening right now? This trend. It, it got a name at least. So your normcore in the twenty twenties. No, I'm just saying if you were gonna label <laughs> Seinfeld, if you were gonna label like I don't have because I don't have any labels. I don't wear labels either. Okay, that seems to be a theme of normcore also. I don't know if I'm Larry David enough, but like I will seek out clothing with a, without any, maybe except for possibly sneakers, but even sneakers, I'm not even really wearing that much. I think my stuff is like painfully normal. Okay. Core. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't hear of this theme or trend. No. No. I feel like we might have talked about it on this show before. But any, anyways, anything once it gets the core on it, it gets like ownership over the thing, including a live core. What are you looking for over there, Will? I just wonder if you hear uh, Otis chewing on his uh, antler. Absolutely. It's loud? I can. Do you feel that this is something he needs in his life right now? No. Well, I mean, he might. No, no, no. no. He might. He might. He he might need it in his life right now. Like, you don't know what he's going through. But it's the crunching. But you don't know what he's going through? (sighs) He's fine. Oh, boy. Wow. He's going to get... He's losing his antler right now. Uh, He's losing his antler. You don't know... Do the people know about these antlers, by the way? Like, these are pricey antlers. 
Yeah. They're real antlers. It's a real antler. They shed the antler. Hold on, let me grab it. Here. Some people go and and will actually try to find these antlers. I saw a guy on YouTube who they go shedding, I think it's called, and, and he takes his dog, like a Malinois, and they look for sheds mm. of entire ant rack antler racks. Yeah. And these things are valuable, dude. They just fall off. Isn't it crazy? They just fall off. Every they're defenseless for a little bit. They just fall off. Is that wild? The But then how do they get They grow more. So big though. Yeah, they grow back. They grow more. It's all very interesting, this thing. The the antler. Uh-huh. They just find them just laying there. And the point being is they are rare and uh, difficult to cultivate and they sometimes belong to these to this bu these buck anyway these uh -huh. bucks anyway the dog can chew, it's so hard whatever it's made out of the dog can chew on it for ages and ages mm -hmm. yeah um it's controversial oh okay <laughs> nowadays it is Sorry, man. Um, Otis got some like chipped tooth because of it. Oh, that's yeah. why you're saying controversial. I thought because it's from oh, a no, deer no, no, or something. No, no, controversial with the chipped tooth. Yeah, he has some because of the antler. The so antler I give is it sparingly. Harder than the tooth. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Bone on bone. I didn't think about that. I guess that's a possibility, depending on the dog, the size of the the size of the bite, the strength of the tooth. Sure. You better be checking his diet, his vitamins and minerals. He's chipping his uh, teeth yeah. over here. Yeah. You better Not be good. checking the diet over here, Will. You change the page on me now? No, this is the right page. You change, the live core, right? You go back to this page <laughs> yeah, now? because yeah, you, you understand though, that a, a big point of this show sometimes is to go off the beaten path. Yeah. Inspect the fringes every so often. I'm in. Okay, good. But Otis apparently isn't because he lost his antler. Uh -huh. He's out. Alive Core is a medical device company, and they have some patents, including the first ever LEO against Apple to clear a presidential review. LEO, if you scroll up, we can uh, tell people what that means. A limited exclusion order. They want, they've been granted a limited exclusion order as of today on Apple Watch's infringing on Alive Core's a medical device company patent. It's the first ever Leo against Apple to clear the presidential review. I didn't even know these things go all the way to the president. Is that how that works? No. Good Lord. To like show the president, see what he, the president's like, yeah, you know what? They got a point here. The ITC also ruled on a cease and desist order, which it, which if enforced would prevent Apple from importing any Apple watch into the United States for sale. Hmm. Uh, they haven't enforced it, but they approve. This is wild stuff. Mm. And the ITC's ruling in December said that the Apple Watch infringes on a live course patent regarding the electrocardiogram technology. I don't know what Apple was thinking in this case. I'm not sure. They think they could uh, President Biden their way out of it. Responding to the confirmation of the presidential review clearance, Priya Abani, CEO of AliveCore, said, We applaud President Biden for upholding the ITC's ruling and holding Apple accountable for infringing the patents that underpin our industry-leading ECG technology. 
decision goes beyond a live core and sends a clear message to innovators that in the U.S., we, the U.S. will protect patents to build and scale new technologies that benefit consumers. Why does it seem like it can't or won't happen? Why does it seem like Apple's going to sign a check or, or uh, shake a Biden? Like, what's going to happen here? How big is this company? <laughs> About to get more. bigger. About to get bigger with all this. About to get bigger. I guess they even sell a product. Look at that. Cardia Mobile Personal EKG, only 89 bucks. Peace of mind in your pocket. Wow. So Apple implements whatever tech they were selling at a much smaller scale, probably. Investing a few bucks. Oh, that's there, it. There you can see theirs. I don't know. I don't understand it. I've got devices with the ECG functionality that aren't Apple watches. Did they infringe? Did they implement it in a slightly different way from a technological perspective? Mm. I suppose so. Is Apple the biggest target? I suppose so. Is the Apple watch the, tr the most tremendously successful ECG wearable? Probably. Yeah. So a live core is going to need a check. They're going to need a deal or they're going to need something or Apple's going to need something uh -huh. in order to get this sorted out. But at this point, it's been upheld, and it looks to be moving along. Now, for Apple's part, they go out and put the statement, we firmly disagree with the ITC's decision. We are pleased that the exclusion order has been put on pause, consistent with past precedent. The patents on which a live course case rest have been found invalid, and for that reason, we should ultimately prevail in this matter. That Does that sound very Apple-like? They're like, Psh. yeah, these little, we got it. Those little guys over there. Live course. Spit everywhere. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Apple." You know, you, you sound very convincing. Yeah, that's a good point. You sound very convincing, yeah. Tim. <laughs> so much wheezing. <laughs> Apple, can you breathe? <laughs> Apple, there's money falling out of your pockets everywhere. <laughs> Well, listen, I mean, shout out to these guys. If it, like, they, this is the way patents work. I don't know. So I'm on, I'm on both sides. Like, sometimes I'm, like, like examining these patents, particularly when it comes to software, and you're like, well, that is just too obvious. Of course, everybody should implement this feature, and you've now patented a, some sort of software element. Or, and then in, in some cases, you look at it, and you're like, no, actually, they put together something that hadn't been done before, and... They deserve that patent, and Apple should, you know, it depends. It's a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah. At least in this case, it looks like it keeps going up the chain of command all the way to the presidential status, and at this point, it's being upheld as um, some sort of infringement. At the moment, I don't know, at the moment, it's been, it's, it's on pause ever so slightly. It hasn't been, like, I don't, can you picture Biden just stopping the import of Apple Watch? Yeah, I can't imagine. You can't imagine it, can you? But if you will... If that you, would be terrible. If you will, imagine it. Yeah. If you will. If they ban the Apple Watch. It kind of reminds me of the Bill C-11 stuff here in Canada. People, a couple of people asked me about it. It's like, you know, the consequences are pretty intense. Like, if uh, Google or YouTube, and, and it all depends where the leverage lives and who you believe and who you don't and whose threats are real and which are inflated. And Canada's sitting there saying... Oh, no, no, we can tweak this one. Yeah, we can, 
we can Google, we can out Google Google. We'll tell Google exactly what content should show up and what percentages and they can tweak the algorithm and no problem. And Google goes, we can't tweak the algorithm. Uh, Google goes, no, this undermines what we're doing in general. We don't have that degree of control. Things are free floating, freewheeling to a certain extent. We moderate uh, retroactively, but we can't go in there and we can't just pour a bunch of maple syrup on the homepage. Yeah. And if so, we might not be able to do business over here. And then you sit there and you say, well, the politicians, you know, people vote for them and, they're, you know, they're clapping quietly in the background like, yes, Canadian content. Oh, uh-huh. yes. Uh-huh. Oh, there they sip their, sip their, gla- their little wine at their parties. Uh-huh. Sounds great. You guys are so right. You know what? You guys are so right. We're losing our Canadian identity on the Internet. What are these TikToks? What are they? And then, but then you have the general public who's just snoozing and I'm talking a big beast. I'm talking a big, I'm talking a whale of a public and they're just in the background. And then you, you, they just wake up one day and Google says, yeah, uh, no real YouTube right now. We're getting some things sorted out. There's not going to be YouTube for a bit. And then all of a sudden, what? What? And that's a big, that's an elephant size situation. Yeah. And then the people that were in the corner that were kind of sipping on there yeah. are like, oh, I didn't, I don't, I, 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 it seemed like a good eye. Uh-huh. And they're not clapping so much anymore because they realize, oh God, we totally, we messed with, we tinkered with something that we are, we're really not the tinkerers of. We're really not the right people. It's like the Supreme Court the other day yeah. when they were like, they keep, admitted it. You keep asking us these internet questions. I don't know if we're the internet people. <laughs> Turns out you we know, don't know anything about people the clinking the glasses behind the scenes like mm, heritage. Yeah. <laughs> I love heritage. I love heritage. More heritage. Yeah. Who's who, who? Who's really holding the hammer? Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be honest. Who's really holding the hammer? Is it the guy who says he's holding the hammer? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it ain't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, it, sometimes there's somebody behind the guy holding the hammer, and guess what they're holding? They're holding the gun. Yeah. Holding a gun, pointing at the guy holding the hammer. They're like, you best swing that hammer when I tell you to swing that uh-huh, hammer, uh-huh. sir. Who is that guy? You never know who that guy is. You talking about the guy holding the gun? Yeah. Well, in this case, it's Google. Oh. You know, allegedly. Obviously, I'm talking in symbols and metaphors and things they're not actually but i'm talking about leverage i'm talking about power i'm talking about influence i'm talking about what really matters i'm talking about where the tire the wheel hits the road i'm talking about the way the world works will you can clap in the corner and at your cocktail hour but that ain't where the rubber hits the road is it no Fancy, fancy footwear, yeah. fancy outfits. Definitely oh, not normcore. Oh, thank you for uh, oh wonderful, wonderful property you have here. It's a beautiful. Thank you for speaking about the Apple Watch. What about transforming it 
into an ultra on the cheap 13 bucks later and you just turned your regular apple watch into an ultra well this is this is all you need this is perfect never mind the enhanced battery life the titanium casing increased durability no 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 it's not get carried away with all that you're in for the looks and if that's the case don't spend a billion dollars instead spend 13 Easily the perfect Halloween costume for your Apple Watch 7 or 8. The Pizzas converter case gives your $399 smartwatch a facelift, allowing it to cosplay as an $800 Apple Watch Ultra, and nobody will be able to tell the difference. Yeah. Look at that. I don't know. Maybe I could. That looks pretty good, eh? I don't have the Ultra over here. It doesn't, it's kind of, it's different because you don't have that dedicated button on there. Oh, they well, did. They, they, they wait do, a sec. They faked the orange button as well on the other side. Fake button. Wait, are there <laughs> fake buttons on here? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't be faking the buttons, Will. Why not? Oh, you get an ultra. I wish they just gave like, it. I guess, but I don't really need to fool people. I wish they just rugged it up, rugged it up. No, and, no. and kind of move. They got to go all the way. Well, I guess when you go, you go all the way. It comes with a little cleaning uh, device for the screen and then you're going to use the adhesive remove the blue sticker install it on the watch crown press on the frame and then you're going to stick on your button and uh, in a matter of moments you just turned your 399 watch into a 799 watch you flex now you flex proceed to flex It is, uh, listen, look at that. There is actually an argument for it that it's going to kind of give some protection to your watch, but there's some goofiness, like the grill on the side, but you can just see the shiny, polished material underneath. Like there's some (laughs) giveaways over here. But as a case, you go pick up the strap, get yourself the orange strap. You're fooling some people, Mm -hmm. no doubt. And you're doing it on a budget. So more power to you, whatever floats your boat, however you got to get it done, shout to the company making the thing i didn't uh i didn't expect would ever be made you can shake hands with the world's creepiest apple watch charging stand look at this apple watch theme will you really pull it together here i just contributed some chaotic list of things and then you created a narrative you just you just made it flow well you know i try was there a there was a, a movie called hustle and flow right yeah. Okay. Well, last night I I was perusing some short content because we we posted some short content, unbox therapy short content, which you have to do in 2023, Will. I okay, hate to yeah, tell yeah. you. I hate to tell you. You got to do it. You got the youngsters, you got everything going on. And you got the attention span and hopefully people watch some of the long form. Hopefully some of those people that They'll come over here and we'll chat together and they'll recognize the uh, advantages of both, possibly. Yeah. But anyway, so I was just perusing and I was kind of, uh, well, just checking some of the stuff we've been posting. And we've been posting even on TikTok, dear God, oh God, the day. Did you, would you have seen the day? Would you have ever imagined the time? I don't believe they even gave us the official URL that they were advertising. They're going to, somebody snagged it about a billion years ago as I was sitting there hoping it would go away. It did not go away. Anyway, Unbox Therapy official 
uh, on TikTok, and this transparent speaker video. Hey, look at that one! This blew one up. Yes, yeah, it's a really cool speaker. Like uh, you know, and it's it's unusual. If you didn't know it existed, you might be surprised. Anyway, so it's over there, Unbox Therapy official. Maybe like somebody hit us up and give us the actual Unbox Therapy. But anyway, that's besides the point. I was scrolling a little bit, and I found a. A hustle and flow moment where the guy, DJ Qualls Shelby, right over there, is producing a beat and they're all getting really pumped. Okay. And they're, they says something along the lines of like the, the type of moment every producer wants to experience. And he's just like hitting buttons and then the, the, the rapper is like coming up with the, with the hook. Okay. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I think I know which one, but I'm not going to sing it. You know what I'm talking about right I now? I think so. And yeah. they're just having a moment. It's like, damn, and it's all coming together. And I know the feeling that they're talking about. Plus, this guy, this guy's underrated over here. Yeah. This guy's underrated. Uh-huh. And so anyway, uh, that's just because we were on the topic of hustle. And then I brought in the flow portion of it. Okay. <sighs> How many coffees did you drink? No, you got to go here, you go there. You got to go here, you go there. You got to go there to go here. It's a Friday show. It's just, it's part of it, man. It's part of landing where you need to land. You need to explore a little bit. You can always go down the path. The path is always there. The path is always there. It's in the woods. You walk it every day. It goes from A to B. You understand? It's a completely predictable. It's like, look at that. The dirt's a little different. Oh, slight overgrowth on the one section. But every once in a while, you divert. You go to the right, and you're like, oh, my God. There's like a deer living over there. Somebody built a tree fort uh, maybe 40 years ago. And there's a strange species of leaf. Uh Uh-huh. Over there, and you wouldn't know if you weren't willing. You got to be open a little bit to go, to navigate, to float around every so often, inspect, explore. Yeah. Shake hands with the world's creepiest Apple Watch charging stand. By far. This is a hand sitting on the table, like, in the worst hand position. This is the creepiest of all hands. And it has stitches? It's like it almost it's almost like a Halloween type of vibe to it. I guess yeah. your Apple Watch charger is going to fit up in there and you're just going to kind of slide it on the the severed wrist section because it ends right at the wrist but it's lumpy like it's been severed. Yeah. Oh. So this is a thing which since Adam's family is coming back around with Wednesday the show on Netflix. Yeah. It's called The Thing. Yeah, Thing is, is an actual yeah. character in the or show, yeah. which is a hand. Yeah. Can you scroll through it? It looks like we got a couple different angles on the images. Uh, I can't. Oh, there's nothing. It's I a lie? This is a screenshot. It's a lie, isn't it? Yeah. They lied to us. I thought we were going to get the other angle. No, I think that's it. <laughs> Here, was the video. Here we go. So the show better. is hot, so they do the stand. The show Wednesday is hot. And here we go. We're going moving around. 3D printed thing. In order to charge up your, look, I got to put the scars on there. and People have fun with this. I just don't know how practical it is. It's like I like the object as a sort of statue, but I'm going to need to be able to get the watch on and off of there easily. 
Okay, yeah. And you know, sometimes like I got chargers near the bed or something, and I'm reaching and just not even really looking in the dark or something. And imagine yeah. I'm grabbing the hand. Oh, there's that hand there. You know, you forget. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But actually, this looks like maybe an easy on off. You know what? Never mind. That's an easy on off. Full credit. I'm giving 1,000% credit for this 3D printed thing charger. I don't know what he would charge for it. It's way, it's a lot of, okay, this is a lot of work. They're not selling this, are they? They're just giving you. Well, maybe they can get you the the 3D file. They're giving you the 3D file and you can print it because look at the work going in now. Oh my goodness. Well, we didn't even see the fully painted version of it. That takes things to a completely oh, yeah. different level. Oh, yeah, it looks level. way better. Wow, they got the Ultra on there. Not a case on top of it. They're really legit Ultra. It's very cool. Yeah. Very not cool. Bad, not bad. Oh, baby. <laughs> iPhone 15 Pro could come in a dark red with pink and light blue options for iPhone 15. With every iteration of the iPhone, Apple changes... The available color options often introducing a special color or set of colors that set the new iPhones apart from the prior generation. So I remember probably my favorite of those like one-off colors was the green, the midnight green. And they do it each time because, and then, and then it, it's an immediate signal that it's the latest one. I guess it was the purple kind of like that as well, but that, that came after. There was the green and then there was a, a unique blue maybe. But there's been a few over over the years. I liked this one. I read a story about how they had to get the pigment and from some famous color pigment company in Japan, and there's only so much of it available. And they're like, that's what we did for our green. And you remember Samsung once did the thing on their Phantom Black? Oh, yeah. And they were like, it's the blackest of blacks, the best black. It's better than any black you've ever seen. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I don't know that they've done a real red like that. Obviously, there's been product red, but that's much different. This is a deeper, more of a midnight spectrum of red. Apple's iPhone 15 and 15 Pro models will will also come in unique colors, according to 9to5Mac. An unnamed source indicates Apple is working on a 15 Pro Pro Max in a dark red, which is close to a burgundy shade. The color hex is 410D0D, described as dark sienna. It's kind of like what Tesla was trying to do with their, the new red they were doing on the car. Hmm. It was like a metallic cherry, I want to say. Maybe it's time for the dark reds. Theirs has maybe a little more, I might even like theirs better, but who knows because you, you haven't seen it. This could be a good match though, right? Well, mm-hmm. that uh, midnight cherry to go with your dark sienna, create the whole theme. This is more orange maybe? More crimson? Yeah. It's tough to say. Uh, you're also going to have some brighter colors, like a, like a light blue and a pink shade. A couple other color hexes to look at. Telemagenta and Picton Blue. Those are like popping at you. This is the more youthful non-pro model. And the youth, the youth will pick it up for the TikToks and things. Definitely. The youth. Yeah. We wish buying carbon offsets for your flight helped. Oh, it's carbon offset update. Yeah, I was just reading. Like I one. was just reading this today, uh, because I find this topic to be so intriguing. As humans attempt to navigate a universe in which 
we've got these kind of simultaneous dialogues, do all the things, travel to all the places, buy all the goods, and then the goods and the things themselves, the companies you interact with are also the ones saving the planet, but you're still buying the thing, which you're curious about how that's exactly saving the planet. Like, I always make fun of Apple for it, but they're all doing it. They're all guilty. I mean, take your pick. It could be Samsung, whoever. They all go, like, we're basically offsetting. Like, like you're basically saving everything by buying new crap. Yeah. And you're seeing this saying, why doesn't it seem, seem like the resources that go into the thing <laughs> yeah. that I don't need might be, might be more of an impact than whatever you're talking about. But I don't know. I almost feel like they have like a carbon offset button that they press from time to time and they feel better about it. They're like we they're like we took out the power brick to save the planet by the phone. Yeah. I don't need the phone. They're like you already have a power brick so don't worry about that but you definitely need the new phone cuz we improved absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. And and but the brick will save the planet. And you're like, the glass, the lithium, the everything. People are dying from the mining. Well, you said it. I did it. <laughs> whatever other, you're just wondering, okay, if we're talking about math and offsets and so forth, then let's talk about math then. And that's exactly what happened here in the wire cutter. I think it's some sort of New York Times collab. And apparently airlines, they offer a carbon offset fee that you can just donate to Mm. for like 17 bucks. You're about to fly and they're like, do you want to offset the carbon from this flight? Oh, okay. And people can check a box and be like, hey, I'm a a good guy. Hey, I'm a good guy. I want to mine offset my carbon. Uh, Where's that money go? Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Is who in the hell can investigate this? And how does this math actually work? It sounds like the most complex math ever, and it kind of is. We need a Johnny Harris. And it kind of is, and which is why in this article they've attempted to basically do the math. Air travel produces a ton of carbon, like obviously a lot more than other types of travel, it's uh, 3% of global carbon dioxide emissions each year, 10% of transportation-related emissions in the U.S. airplanes. They're like, well, I don't know. Can we do electric? What are we eventually going to do? Uh, many airlines, online booking sites, and standalone companies offer programs claiming to offset the greenhouse gas emissions of your flight with, with a small fee, usually less than 20 bucks. But here's the problem. This guy does the math, and he's like, that's not enough. And the what he eventually concludes is that in order, if you were truly to offset your carbon against a global standard, because most people don't fly, Will, like there's billions of people who contribute almost no carbon, Mm. and then there's a handful of people who contribute almost all of it Mm. that need to be offset. So you would have to then like average that out across everyone and, and then enhance it with this multiplier. It ends up costing as much as the ticket. So this, this guy in particular has a sample of flying from Hawaii because Hawaii happens to be where they live and, and, and that would cause a ton of more carbon than a short flight for obvious reasons. So he tried to get to the, to the point of the true carbon expenditure of the flight with the multiplier across who's really using it, uh, average emissions per passenger to reach your final bill, and then equity-weighted SCC 
closest number to what the average American should owe for remediating the environmental impact of one ton of carbon. It's crazy. It's just wild calculations. And it comes out to like 800 bucks. Okay. And the ticket is 800 bucks. So as you can see, this is a nearly impossible feat. You would, and it, it, it doesn't it seem to always be this way in life? It's like, hey, you want to offset the problem with the phone you just bought? You just have to pay us the same amount as what the phone cost. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, what? Maybe I should just shouldn't just buy the phone? Keep the phone that I Does have. that work too? Like if I don't go net negative, then do I have to go offset? Like, wait a minute. And they're like, no, no, no. You still got to keep buying. Don't got to keep flying. Got to keep. It gets wild. And then they're like, maybe you should just pack a bit lighter. Yeah. In the okay. end, in the end, maybe bring a little bit less luggage. Hmm. Uh, offset a tiny amount. But it's a it's a huge philosophical conundrum that you get sure. into. It's like, why do anything? Why not just go live in the woods, Will, and uh, uh-huh. walk around with your actual footprints? Yeah. Not not your carbon yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. You know, fertilize the earth with your excrement. Oh, God. Bo put a $20 bill in this thing here. And it's some sort of a puzzle. And now the $20 bill is stuck in there. And I'm supposed to figure it out as I'm broadcasting. Don't worry. It won't affect anything. Speaking of air travel, this is a different type of air travel. Never mind a carbon offset. We have an actual... Drama in the sky, an instructor dies mid-flight, and a student pilot thinks it's a joke. Oh, He's filming on TikTok or something? Absolute worst nightmare, Will. Yeah. You are... You are learning how to fly. You're trying to get your 20,000 hours up there. And... The instructor, it's another day, another day at the office. Instructor's like, all right, let's go. It's a sunny day. All of a sudden, the instructor slumps over. Mid-flight. And you've never flown alone in a plane. And also, you're not sure if it's a joke or not. This is the worst case scenario. Uh, Once on the ground, the student learned the instructor was not just taking a nap. Oh, my God. A flying instructor died in flight after suffering a cardiac arrest, but his co-pilot thought he was fooling around and only realized after landing on the runway with a man slumped on his shoulder. According to a newly published safety report on the incident, the pilot thought the instructor was pretending to be asleep as the pair flew a circuit above Blackpool Airport in Lancashire, England. Uh, the qualified pilot had asked the instructor to accompany him aboard the four-person Piper PA-228 for safety reasons during windy conditions, according to the UK's Air Accidents Investigation Branch report. Prior to takeoff, the pair chatted normally. While the pilot taxied the craft out of the runway, the pilot told the AAIB. He said that the instructor's, instructor's last words were, Looks good. There's nothing behind you. Oh, oh. You got to get that tattered on the arm now. Looks good. There's nothing behind you. Wow, man. Shortly after takeoff, the instructor's head rolled back. As the two pilots knew each other well, the co-pilot thought his companion was just pretending to take a nap. Pretending to take a nap? Pretending. What kind of sick joke is that? Why'd you pretend? While he completed the circuit, the report said when the plane turned around, the instructor slumped over so that his head rested on the co-pilot's shoulder. But again, 
the pilot still thought it was a joke being played on him. Like maybe because you're old pals and you've been training together for a while and it's like, you're so good, you can do it on your own. I'm going to take a nap. I don't know. Right. I don't know. The instructor who had close to 9,000 hours of flying experience was said to be in good spirits before his final flight. Well, maybe it's a good way to go. I don't know. I mean, the guy landed successfully, the student. But you're traumatizing your student. No, I just mean you love flying at 9,000 hours in the sky. You get to go that way. I don't know, Will. I'm trying to put a, put a picture on it, you know? Oh, man. What a, I don't know how often that happens. No test or assessment can give a 100% reliable detection of a cardiac issue. A balance needs to be struck between minimizing the risk to safety. I wonder if you would have had the ECG on an Apple Watch, you know, yeah. with the patent infringement. Yeah. And he would have just been like, maybe, you know, oh. maybe do a quick check before yeah. he goes and flies. Or the guy who thought it was a joke could reach over and run the ECG mm. mid-flight. Well, but, but he did peace. die doing what he loves, Will. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna okay, spin yeah, it. Yeah, he yeah, did yeah. die doing what he loves. Yeah. Will. Rest in peace. China regulators rein in AI chatbots over fears of uncensored replies. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess, Will. We're gonna have chatbots now in China. Come on, you knew that was. <laughs> you crazy? He could say anything. Like, it was funny enough over here. They're like, write a poem about Trump. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, and that's over here. Yeah. Over there. Can you imagine? Oh. Write a poem about. Like, what's that? Knock on my door. I'm proud of you, Otis. He's a, I'm proud of you, man. He's like, what's going on? I am proud of you. You finally made it. That was a true test right there of oh, character. Yeah. He looked right at me. He was like, no, nah, no problem here. Yeah. Nothing to be alerted by. Chinese tech giants have reportedly been told not to offer public access to the U U.S. developed chat GPT. We knew that was going to happen, but then they were going to go make their own. These companies have already had to censor the output of AI tools like image generators. They already started. They're like, you can't just hand this type of power over imagine all the possibilities chinese regulators have reportedly told the country's tech giants not to offer access to ai chatbot chat gpt over fears the tool will give uncensored replies to politically sensitive questions people with direct knowledge on the matter chinese regulators told tech firms tencent and ant group the subsidiary e-commerce giant alibaba to not only restrict access to the u.s developed chat gpt but to also report to officials before launching their own rival chatbots like we're gonna need to see that chatbot real quick mm. that little chatbot you're working on over there we're gonna need to tweak that one a little bit mm. i don't know how they even know how to like the web is one thing but taking down sources or punishing like ai yeah it's just it's tougher. not just keywords it's tougher yeah although they did it seem to have done it successfully here when it, just by inserting certain names you're not that it's like nope i'm done you put a certain name in like yeah it's just a, a wall it's like nope mm. i'm out and some human obviously insert that list of names and who knows maybe at some point they're gonna have to share it what that list of names happens, happens to be. You know that that list, however, will never be shared in China. They'll be like, what list? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no list. Yeah, yeah. Talking about it never happened. 
There's no list. Yeah, but it's got it's going to be tough to figure out what passes the test and what doesn't on China, China's version of AI. Uh, well, not, not just for text-based generation, but also for image-based and every other version of it that has to come out now. And how different it would be, like, each chatbot in China's or the U.S.'s, right? You're talking about two different realities. Yeah. You're talking about Google, it, no Google. It could be vastly different. It, are, it will be. It already is. Yeah, well, they should have a conversation. Well, your reality and my reality, only because we sit this far apart from each other, so you go watch Ferrari New Jersey of Central New Jersey, and then I get it because the algorithm tied us together. <laughs> but otherwise, there's plenty of people that are nearby one another that live in totally different realities because of social media silos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chambers. Just consumption. Just, uh, that's, that must be true. Mm -hmm. That's me and my pals on the screen there. We all agree to it. So mm -hmm. therefore, it is true. An AI illustrated comic has lost a key copyright case. Chris Castanova, who attempted to copyright a comic book illustrated with images from Mid Journey, has legal claim to some parts of the work. Oh, whose work is it? Yeah. Whose work is it? It was the guy yesterday on Instagram where people thought they were looking at legitimate portraits, and it turns out they were looking at only AI generated stuff. And he came clean and said, well, I realize a lot of you guys have a misconception about what's going on here and said, no, actually, these are all AI generated. Amazing work nonetheless. But whose work is it? Yeah. It's a concoction. It's a remix. It's a constant remix based on a data set. Who owns it? Who gets anything from it? Artists feel a certain way. Photographers feel a certain way. Even the websites like Getty Images feel a certain way about it. Will it be like the music business where they find a way to work together from Napster to Apple Music to iTunes? Remember that transition? They were like, this is a disaster. We'll never make a dime. Metallica and so forth. And then Apple was like, no, we'll just charge them a buck for each one. Now, in music, that was easier. In this day and age, those data sets will kind of vast, mm. kind of hard to pinpoint. But we're getting these close relationships where someone's like, that looks a lot like my thing, uh -huh. my actual image. That has an element pulled directly from my image. To what extent do I have ownership over that image? Reminds me of sampling as well. In hip-hop, yeah, you have a definitely. sample and a beat, and they're like, well, you got to pay a few bucks for that because it's recognizable. It's long enough to be recognizable. So this uh, comic book, Zarya of the Dawn, the United States Copyright Office originally granted them the rights. He said, sure, no problem. It's all yours. Later, the agency put the book under review because Cashanova's social media, where they said they had produced the images using AI image generator mid-journey. Now the Copyright uh, Office has made a decision. United States Copyright Office said that Cashanova is the author of the work's text, as well as the selection, coordination, and arrangement of the work's written and visual elements. What they are, what they are not the, what they are not the author of is the art. They do not recognize any of the images as being owned or under Kashtanova's copyright. Kashtanova has said that they edited and arranged the AI-generated art and are therefore an artist. You can read the statement below. The copyright, artist said, uh, copyright office said no, no chance, no deal. This is not yours. 
But it, that's where it gets complex. What, at what extent of editing does something become exactly, new yeah. and unique? And we've talked about it in video with fair use. And if you go in there and completely rearrange something and mash it up, what if you make it a collage by hand? I mean, what if you start? What if the initial inspiration is is something that's AI generated, but it's only a baseline? It's only an outline. Right. <sighs> impossible. Absolutely impossible to navigate well. Ambitious 170 kilometer long Saudi skyscraper city gets construction go ahead. This is the line we're talking about? Yeah. The line is back in the news. The giant wall the city. The giant wall city with a m giant mirror on the outside. Uh-huh. I still didn't figure out the bird thing yet. Did they address the bird thing or are there no birds over there? Oh, the flying into the wall? Yeah. Um Probably not. This is a giant wall city at, at a scale that would be shocking. It's, it's almost something you can't comprehend, the scale of it, with its own climate and lifestyle. And um, you look at the waterfalls. I mean, this is science that fiction. That is so cool. This is science <laughs> fiction stuff. The line's interior layout would include housing, parks, hospitals, everything you'd expect to find in a major city. How do you get things in and out of the city? How do you get the shipments over there look at the look scale at of it <laughs> how do i get down the line i gotta That's get to the other side intense. of the line i got a high-speed rail going on i go up and i go down yeah there's probably a door right here how many stops does it have to make like where's the garage door was i guess there's no cars necessary in there but all these images look so cool and so futuristic and optimistic and gardens and you know what What else you could imagine? So you can imagine it thriving, but you can also imagine it abandoned. Yeah. After the project is failed. I'm not suggesting it's going to fail, but I'm just saying you can picture the post-apocalyptic post yeah. version of it. Like, wow, those ambitious buggers, those humans, mm -hmm. they really tried to pull it off. And then you just discover it. It's just you and Otis are the last people standing and you just find yourself there. A five-year contract under a framework agreement for consultancy services on the line explained a recent SNC-Lavalin press release in collaboration with Neom and other delivery partner organizations. SNC-Lavalin will provide project and construction management consultancy services for the design, procurement, construction, testing, and commissioning of the project together with the management of the critical interfaces that the linear city shares with adjacent Neom projects and logistics. The project has adopted a highly collaborative delivery model in response to its scale, complexity, supply chain, and requirements for innovation. You can't even imagine the number of people involved in this. You're talking about 9 million people living in there. 170 kilometers, 105 miles long. If it's realized, you go in there and you gotta have. I guess you don't come out. So many collaborators. No, I mean, yeah, as a, as a, as a person living there, you don't. Yeah. I, but I mean, even just to build it. They, they're like, okay, it's gonna be built over there. And you're the consultancy agency. And they're like, oh my God, it's nothing yeah. like this. We have no precedent. Like, I mean, we have, we got like an apartment building over there. Yeah. That's the last thing that we did. Yeah. And then they're like, well, you seem good for this job. We need a 170 kilometer uh, city and it's inside yeah. of a wall. And they're like, uh, like, you don't want, hey, you don't want some virus to pop off in there, do you, Will? 
No, definitely ooh, ooh, not. Ooh, ooh, it's like a bus you can't get off. Uh-huh. Maybe you can get off. Obviously, you're going to need to be able to get off. The, li- the line is part of a grand vision called Neom by Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who is keen to transform his country's oil-based economy into a tourist-based one. The scale of the work going on over there is mind-boggling and involves the construction of an airport by Foster Plus Partners, a huge battery, a big designed tourist hotspot, and most recently, a massive cuboid skyscraper. People are going to go there to feel what it's like to be in the science fiction future. I don't know. Maybe they can pull it off. Well, I bet they got plans for this stuff. Uh-huh. Is this the cuboid skyscraper? Yeah. Big enough to hold 20 Empire State buildings. Whoa. Kind of reminds me of like That's a cool. pyramid or some sort of ancient construction. Or like an right alien, in, alien dropped yeah, it. In the middle of the city. Saudi Arabia is experiencing an unprecedented construction boom at the moment alongside its previously announced 170-kilometer-long skyscraper. That's the line project. And the Kidaya Giga project comes another incredibly ambitious project named the Mukab. It will comprise a huge cuboid, super-tall skyscraper that hosts a twisting tower inside. Whoa. There's a twisting tower inside of there. It'll reach a height of 400 meters, which is 1,312 feet putting it at around 41 in the world's tallest rankings. However, it will also be just as long and wide, which makes it truly massive. Well, this normally of a skyscraper was really tall, but straight up. Not all the way. Oh, my God. What a, what a, what a wild so looking. Funky. How do you even? It looks organic in there. Like a, like a colony or something. Yeah, like an organic yeah, growth as opposed to a, a human construction. A huge interior hosting the twisting tower elsewhere inside. A holographic experience that will reportedly be used to depict underwater and strange otherworldly scenes. It's all very ambitious and futuristic. The macabre will be the centerpiece of the larger development in Riyadh called New Muraba that will involve the construction of thousands of new homes, hotels, and retail spaces, as well as offices and leisure facilities. An immersive theater and a technology and design university. The project is being handled. By the development company, new Muraba development company, Saudi Crown Prince, heading it, expected to be completed 2030. Here's a video of what that might be like. Well, I suppose there's kind of a blueprint out there with Dubai for what this is like, like turn, uh, moving from an oil-based economy to a tourist economy kind of thing. And you need to have the attractions, and the attractions have to be big enough to pull people, to bring people from far distances, Will. To come and see things. These have to be tremendously expensive projects. Epic in scale. You might use the word epic, Will. Like, I just look at, like, the tiny people, like the ants, and it's insane. Look, there's flying vehicles. That's us. We're the ants. And the holographics in there, you just look at this stuff. What are Blade Runner type stuff going on? Hotel, retail. Oh, look, look what goes on over here. <sighs> Underwater experience. Yeah, it's like a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Well, that one says 2030. See how that goes. Good luck on that. Yeah. A graphical comparison of Russia, Ukrainian forces a year into the war. Wow, we haven't, had, uh, we haven't discussed an update on yeah, this in I a while. Yeah, we can give them an update. One year after Russia launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine, the war has left at least 8,006 civilians dead. The United Nations' leading human rights organization reported this as of February 21st. Additionally, 13,287 civilians were injured over the past 12 months, um, including 
by explosive weapons, artillery shells, airstrikes, as well as cruise and ballistic missiles. Those cause 90.3% of civilian casualties. It's just the bombing mm-hmm. going on. As Ukraine continues to bolster its forces with Western arms, Moscow is using unorthodox methods to de- depreciate Kiev's military prowess. On February 24th, Defense News published information on the weapons and inventories of Russia and Ukraine based on data from the International Institute of Strategic Studies Military Balance and Database. The following is an updated version with footnotes at the bottom. Okay, so here we have personnel comparison. Mm-hmm. Active and reserve, Russia sitting at 1.19 million and Ukraine 688,000. The reserve for Russia, 1.5 million, Ukraine 400,000. So there's a personnel advantage on the Russian side. Mm -hmm. Armored fighting vehicles, Russia's sitting on 12,000 compared to Ukraine's just over 3,000. Artillery, Russia has more than double, 4,458. Surface-to-surface missile launchers. More than 200 for Russia and an unclear amount for Ukraine. And air defense, huge advantage for Russia, 1770 versus 186. So it says more than 186. Yeah. Five more, 10 more, 20 more. Aircraft is a wild one. It's wild. 1,100 plus aircraft on the Russian side compared to 79 for Ukraine. 763 helicopters to 64. Air defense. 764 to 271. Uh, armored fighting vehicles, airborne armored fighting. What's an airborne armored fighting vehicle? 1720. Well, anyway, this looks this looks to be pretty much the same up and down. Submarines. It's just I don't Russia know. Russia has the clear yeah, advantage. clear advantage. There's no advantage on the Ukraine side in any of these infographs. Yeah. And even when we're talking spending. about defense spending. Well, that's yearly defense spending. This is no surprise that Russia would have substantially more in general. Um, Now, this, wait a second. That data was as of November 2022. Hmm. So they're just using the historical data here. It's not necessarily updated, and it certainly doesn't reflect whatever contributions have been made from the international community to bolster Ukraine's army because they have gotten support from outside, right? Interesting. Toru Okada, creator of PlayStation's iconic logo sound, has died. Are we yeah. talking about the intro sound of the PlayStation? Yeah. Logo sound? Yeah. Age 73. What are, what are the chances? We were just r- ranting and raving on the... Yeah, someone sent this on the chat. Random username. Awesome. Thank you for that. I mean, this is... You guys know how big I am on this kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, the musician and music producer responsible for creating PlayStation's iconic logo sound. I, I just want to be clear. What is the logo sound? Is that like a a portion of the intro? Because each console has a different sound, right? What's the logo sound? Are we going to ha- be able to play it here? Okay. Th- it is what I think it is. G- g- you know, give me a play. Hold on here. I think it's a commercial. It's, oh, ching. Ching. Tung, tung, tung. I know the logo sound. So that's different than when you turn it on. But lovely sound. Absolutely lovely, lovely sound. Okada's music career spanned decades and a wide variety of mediums, including movies and anime. 
but he was perhaps best known in Japan as a founding member of the influential rock band Moon Riders, where he played alongside bandmate Kichi Suzuki, who would go on to compose the music for Nintendo's Mother series. Whoa, he goes to Nintendo, he goes to PlayStation, the band splits up to like, we work for these boys now. Uh. Uh, his uh, own ties to gaming came primarily through his successful career composing for commercials, notably wrote music for a series of very strange Crash Bandicoot adverts. Remember Crash Bandicoot mm-hmm. in the 90s? Man, they had some wacky advertising back then in the 90s. Big fan of that stuff. 90s advertising, wild stuff. But his most enduring and immediately recognizable contribution to gaming arrived through his work with PlayStation. That's that that's straight up. But isn't it crazy? Such a, such a short... Seemingly minor sound can be so iconic uh-huh. that they say brisk, fuzzy ping is how they describe it in words. Okay, and I agree yeah. with them completely. Sure, yeah. Wow. PlayStation adverts for more than 25 years. You can still re- routinely hear it used today. You can, for instance, hear it at the start of this No Man's Sky trailer uploaded this afternoon. And you're probably going to continue to hear it mm-hmm. because it immediately triggers PlayStation thoughts and vibes for you. Mm-hmm. Well, R.I.P. Love the sounds, man. R.I.P. All right, we're officially living in the future. This app lets you relive your memories in VR. It's just incredible. Oh, my God. This, Dude, uh, I found this tweet. I can't it's even. very disturbing. Oh, I'm disturbed. I'm terrified. It's, why you got to hold the baby? I don't need to re. I need to live, man. I need to live. Can you describe what's happening? I just need people... This is, oh man, people are dangerous, dude. People are dangerous. Yeah. So anyone who's watched like Minority Report, you uh, have like a VR goggle and you can kind of project, um, in this case, like there's a couch and there's a woman holding a baby, but that's a memory. It's like a video file. And you can manipulate it by just walking around you can kind of see different angles by wearing these goggles well so this is a video file that's obviously been recorded in the past it's a memory right yeah yeah shoot a video the company behind it is called wist immersive memory oh my god they got it in the in the delivery room over there step inside your memories you take the video okay I get it. You take the video and then it makes it 3D and it sort of projects it via augmented reality onto potentially the surface where the memory took place. Yeah. As you can see here, you go back inside the headset and you're right back inside a three and sort of a 3Dified version of the memory. Right. Depending how much you capture. Oh my God. That is so minority report. Well, for me, it's like, like it's kind of like a fading memory. Like the effect of it, because there's like streaks. Oh, and I presume if you go back to the place of the memory, it projects even better, right? Because I can kind of yeah. see the background in some of these cases. It kind of molds oh. like uh, augmented 3D. <laughs> it is weird. Do I don't know. Think? I think for some people, they look at it, Will, and they feel one way. <laughs> well, he, the the person who tweeted it, Made a vote, made a poll. So what do we think about this? Creepy or cool? And the vast majority said creepy. Or not, not, the, not the vast majority. Sorry, no, no, the, it's the, almost 50-50. The, the uh, small, small majority said 
creepy. 52.8% said creepy. 47.2. It's not really fair, right? Creepy versus cool. Because I think it can be creepy and cool at the same time. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it would be, and this would be, would not be fair, but good or bad. Does this make you feel better or worse? Like, what is the leftover emotion from this? I don't know. I think it depends on the circumstance. Depends on how your frequency of usage. Like, if you're using this all the time and you're just stockpiling footage, you just look at the remaining years of your life as a footage stockpile so that the last five years of your life, you can go back and live in the previous 20 do you know what i'm saying yeah yeah Some people just take on that mission completely of documenting every single what about people who already have the moments like vloggers and stuff that shoot everything mm-hmm. yeah there's really interesting psychological implications here this really hits home philosophical like just psychological woman holding her baby on the I'm couch guessing. yeah just like so normal and natural and yet this person is reliving it you guys tell me right now in the chat or in the comments you do your vote overall good thing or overall bad thing that's what we're going to choose between and i know it's not fair he chose cool or creepy i want to i want to choose good or bad that's it what you think about this but this is this is what's a good scenario transformative for this well, that you're, it's like a lot of things that are good is that you have to use it in really low concentration. You Limited can, time. Yes. Limited the, amount. The dosage matters here. But you can imagine, just like in Minority Report or any of these black mirrors or whatever, is you have some like tragic event transpire and then it makes it very difficult for people to move forward to continue to if they're just constantly reliving exist in 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 current reality there's something tempting about you know going backwards but is this the new age photograph right like a album or something I know, but how do you feel about those in the first place? Like, do you want to yeah, be? Yeah, photo- you have a different opinion about it. Well, I'm just so. saying, like, no, because it's a, it is, it has always been a question of scale and amount. Yeah. Like, if you've if you've got 20 photos from 1998, that's one thing. Yeah. But if you try to document everything, you lose everything. You're not available for anything. Mm. If you're constantly documenting everything, you're, you have split your attention into this broadcast, into this capturing yeah. portion. And so for us to imagine that there's no residual from that, that there's no impact from that split, well, that's just not realistic. And my fear would be is that everyone would say, you, you're, you're going to regret it. You're not capturing enough. You're going to regret it. Mm-hmm. And you're a bad capture. Don't you love all of these people and moments? And you need to be capturing everything in this, in this scenario here. Oh, my goodness. You're going to be blamed for having a crappy memory bank of recorded events to relive for the last decade of your life. Uh-huh. They're going to say, well, you deserve it because you were a bad capturer. Yeah. You can see the Black Mirror episode already. Oh. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> good or bad? Let's just make it really simple. Your options are good or bad as you vote on this in the chat or in the comments. Tesla Magic Dock Supercharger begins testing in the US, allowing other EVs to charge. Good. Good. 
let it go already. And I got a Tesla, and I know it's going to be annoying, but it this is one of those ones where it's just inevitable. It had to happen. Maybe it should have even happened sooner. Mm. It, like, you can't vote proprietary in one way and then not the other. You can't. I can't sit here and say, get rid of this lightning. USB-C should have been there a long time ago, Apple, and then let this have the, its own proprietary chart. You can't do it. You got to open it up. You can see a Rivian's over there charging already, although he didn't park properly. It's a bit rude. Or is that how you're supposed to roll up to it? Never mind. I apologize. The parking's... Why did the test... What are they doing? Why are they pulling up that way, Will? Uh, maybe they're just demoing it. Kind, um, kind of weird. Both of them are, have pulled up the wrong way to the parking spot to charge. Sideways, yeah. Anyway, uh, we knew this was going to happen. Talk about it in Europe. Then Biden said, you want all these billions or whatever. You got to open up the charge network. We need more charging in general. Tons of charging. They're selling cars faster than they're in, uh, installing chargers. And as much as Tesla people in the interim, in the short term, are going to be pissed off and say, why? My thing is full of Rivians now, and it was hard enough for me to catch a charge. Mm. This is the only way forward for the, the, the real adoption of this thing. After opening a supercharger network in Europe last year and indicating that it would do the same in North America by the end of the year, uh, Electrek was disappointed that it didn't happen. However, it is still imminent, and there is now a soft launch. Tesla already uses the CCS connector in Europe, and uh, does that, in Europe, when they say they use the CCS, is it via adapter, or do they actually change the port on the cars in Europe, too? Maybe someone in the comments might know. Oh, you think they're faster than you, Will? Yeah. Uh, the move to the open source, its connector is an attempt to make it the new North American charging standard. Uh, it was made murky last year, but the automaker confirmed that it still plans to offer a CCS adapter at its charging stations to support non-Tesla electric vehicles. So they would have a magic port, which we talked about on this show, where you can pull out a fully CCS capable without you having to have the adapter in your car, I suppose. Mm. Or are we talking in reverse, actually? Because I have the CCS adapter. Oh, wow. So it's a combo port. Look, you can pull out just a Tesla cable or you can pull out the full CCS piece. Hmm. You follow that? Right. So the adapter is baked in somehow. Right? But you can remove the Tesla cable from the adapter piece so that that magic, that's why they call it a magic dock. It can still charge up a Tesla. You're not giving up a charger, hmm. which is CCS exclusive. Every charger is still available for a Tesla with a Tesla port. But then this one is enhanced with this extra adapter piece. This supercharger location is upstate New York near Buffalo. Oh, I could go check this out. Uh, you little YouTube short, a little TikTok for your, for your socks. Um, and it's at, it's at a location used to build supercharger stations, among other things. Oh, well, that makes sense. Let's put it there first. They haven't said anything officially, but I would love. I gotten. I've gotten really into chargers now. Like uh, as I've been You're driving the, the EV more, I know every kilowatt out there. I'll tell you what. If there's a spare kilowatt out there, I'll find it. <laughs> Dude, and, you need to install a charger at home. Well, you know who I am, obviously, <laughs> but I'm moving, so. It, well, yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, it doesn't take that much effort, right? What do you mean? To install a charger. No, not at all. Yeah. I have I have multiple chargers going into my house. Yeah. But they're slow. 
Yeah. So that's the problem. They're no fun because they're slow. The, what's really interesting to me is all the high-powered chargers. Now, I, I get it. It's parked at home anyways, so like, but it's just less exciting. It's, uh, when you're, you're yeah, at home, true, you yeah. could charge off anything. Like, it's really not cool, but this is cool. Like, the idea of going from zero, much like smartphones when you had fast chargers come out. Yeah. If we can get to this real 350 kilowatt thing, it's a game changer in adoption. Because I agree. if you go around and people ask you about electric cars and you're like, you can charge at home. They're like, yeah, but what about when I'm out? And you're just like, it's because you're coming from a gas station background. Yeah. You need to have something in public as close to the gas station experience to convince people mm. and to take away that friction point. Now, can you get there immediately? No. But the quickest way is step one, universal. Imagine you went to a gas station and the pump didn't fit in your car. Oh. You'd just be like, I drove over here. What the hell? Yeah. Especially if you were low on fuel at that time. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy to think that this should be proprietary. I get it. There was an advantage in the short term for them. Uh, and then the next thing is speed. It's those two things. No Universal connectivity and speed. And you're not going to, it's not going to be the current in couple of minutes that gas takes but it's getting closer right. and this stuff needs to proliferate so customers have to demand it and want it and all the rest of it and it looks to be causing a stir and yeah. and actually happening but yeah home chargers are you end up charging the vast majority of time away from these fancy chargers yeah yeah, yeah. and people will probably realize this once they get these vehicles but it doesn't change the fact that you need that sense of security on those road trips and, and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. SEC says Elon Musk still needs a lawyer to approve his tweets. <laughs> There's no way he's doing that. Um, maybe for like the uh, really risque tweets. There's no way he's doing that. But okay. for the memes, uh, he can tweet all day. Like the... I just don't think he's doing it anyway. I think he'll say he's doing it. He's probably got a lawyer on standby, on standby that... Can delete maybe a tweet, but can can you the way he tweets seems so fluid that you can't yeah. imagine a system where everything has to go to a lawyer first. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be every tweet. The S- maybe some sort of like Tesla tweet that's like really specific to stocks or something. Oh, you're right. It says right there pre-approval from lawyers between before tweeting Tesla-related information. Well, oh, there you go. That's very to the point. So he's allowed to tweet whatever. Maybe that's why he doesn't tweet about Tesla as much anymore. He's like, I don't want to talk to my lawyer right. again. Right. He's just retweeting Tesla tweets. Yeah. He goes more towards SpaceX and Twitter tweets. He loves Twitter tweets and he loves memes. Yeah. SEC penned its renewed stance this week in a letter to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit in New York, arguing that earlier settlement agree- agreement between the agency and Musk is fully constitutional and valid. In 2018, uh, when he did the tweet, four, $420 per share, funding secured, that's what caused this whole stir. Uh, both Musk and Tesla had to pay $20 million in fines. It was a big story at the time. And I guess after the whole court case was done, this, this was the agreement that was reached. Uh, earlier this week, Musk's lawyers argued that a recent jury verdict in a separate trial should be considered in the appeal. In early February, Musk was found to not be liable for securities fraud in a class action suit in which shareholders who lost money after Musk tweeted funding secured sued the executives. So they say, hey, in this one case over here, uh, it didn't 
didn't apl- didn't apply like this wasn't upheld and then so that should in some in some way influence this other current standing but i guess obviously the sec disagrees and they say no we still want this to be this way and we're the sec and we're the policemen of stocks and uh, we will we will decide mm. we want to we want elon to talk to his lawyer more often got it okay good yeah last one Dodge has updated the Daytona EV exhaust, and here is how it sounds. Now, when I put this story in, I did not listen to it. I want to listen to it live okay? because it was extremely controversial, this idea of an EV making a noise at all. And then if it was to make a noise, what would it sound like? And then if you were to create an electric charger, which is essentially what this is, what they're calling the Daytona, which has its history, its origin is muscle cars Mm. how do you let people know you're coming how do you can you is it possible is it better for it to not make a noise at all people are really split on this now for their part and i just feel the need to give a little bit of backstory for their part they said this is not just a speaker playing a sound but it's actually a real noise that we have then tuned and amplified in other words electric cars do make noises they're just extremely quiet and you'll never hear them unless you intentionally amplify them which also in and of itself sounds goofy but i don't know you know what else is goofy that below 40 miles an hour or whatever it is they go hmm, to alert people because they're so damn quiet when you're reversing yeah when you're hitting cats or whatever you're doing oh, remember it was uh britney spears's sister yeah what was that was her name uh something lynn jamie lynn jamie lynn she was blaming Tesla. She went after Elon. She said the cat's dead. And then she said she was joking. I don't know. Okay. It's called Frats, uh, Fratsonic Fritz, Chambered Exhaust. Purely electric external sound system uses an amplifier near the rear of the car to produce a 126 decibel exhaust noise. Of course, the exhaust word is in quotations. Uh, it was first shown to the public August 2022 to mixed reactions, to say the least. I heard a lot of hot takes. People say they didn't like it. Did we crack the code on wide open motors? Not yet, but we've got two years. That's the CEO following the event. Now they've changed the sound a thousand times as they continue to try to get the sound right. Just keep in mind, it's not a speaker playing a noise. It's an amplification of a noise that an electric car, in this case, this electric car already makes. Let's go ahead and hear the sound. Sounds like an engine now. Are you playing that music or is that in the video? Yeah, what's playing? You're playing the music. It's on that Twitter account there. Oh, jeez. Sorry. I was like, we're supposed to hear the exhaust note and you're playing a track (laughs) underneath? Playing Drake. Damn, I mean, it sounds like a... And then it goes quiet. This is with it off, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, man. They're amplifying a sound that is normally basically silent to your ears. But that sounds like a gas-powered engine. And now it does. How, how is it? The original did not sound like that at all. How is it amplified then? 
because it's a electric vehicle. Yeah, but they they can tune it, right? You can EQ it, tune it, make it deeper. Like your car, like your electric car makes a noise. Sure. It's just quiet. Now, if you amplify it and then tune it, you can kind of make it anything you want and claim that it's the mm-hmm, original, mm-hmm. The, but the interior looks cool, four-seater. Yeah. And with the big trunk, too. Damn, dude. This is going to be sick. I mean, the cool car, car itself is sick. And you're probably going to be able to turn it off. I am... It's tough. Like, the Taycan makes a noise, but it's more... sound like a spaceship, sort of. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what this should sound like. I don't know, but it sounds loud and deep, and maybe that's what this customer wants. Should it be a completely new sound, or should it be tuned to sound... I mean, you can tell it's not a motor. Like, it's not a gas-powered motor. Can you? It's got a more of a... I don't know. I'm split now. The last, I don't know. Yeah, it was different before. The last time around, I was like, okay, that sounds different than a gas-powered car. It's like some new sound. Now, they've got it really close to the sound of, like, the previous... Challenger. And you don't like that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm conflicted. Yeah. I'm really conflicted on this one. Well, there you go. I mean, they said it's controversial. It remains controversial. Yeah. And I'm sure they're going to keep tweaking right up until the last moment. But the car itself is cool. And as long as you have the option, maybe you have a couple different sounds, a couple different tuning sounds that you can have. Sure. Yeah. And you can let decide. I do like a little audio feedback to let me know, like, how fast I'm traveling. Like, that's something you get used to with gas-powered cars that you're kind of missing on an electric vehicle. Look at the size of the trunk, man. They, this design is... You want this car. This design is really cool. I could put all my my hockey gear there. there you no go. problem. And the car looks so cool. Like, it looks so retro-futuristic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How did they fit that trunk and still make it feel like that? It's probably not going to have the best range, but yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. It looks really cool. Anyway, thank you very much to everybody who joined here today. Truly appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who joins all these live broadcasts, 12 noon Eastern. Um, And then also watches and catches up after the fact, whether it be through audio, through clips, whatever it is you happen to do. We truly, uh, we're truly thankful. And our consistency rate here is uh, continuing on this impossible path. 32? 32, 32. Yeah. 32 for 32 on weekdays. Monday to Friday, we are here at noon, and so are you. Thank you very much. We will catch you. I guess we're on a weekend now, so you can go catch up on clips. Happy Friday. Go watch some clips over the weekend or catch up on shows that you missed, and we'll see you on Monday. Fresh start Monday. Fresh start. Anything can happen on a Monday. We'll see you on Monday. Later.